grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The text for our meditation this evening as we celebrate Reformation Day from our first reading, Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7, especially these words. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a war out there. Did you realize that? It's a war out there. I'm not talking about being six days away from an election and red versus blue or R versus D. It's a war out there. I'm not talking about a worldwide pandemic and trying to somehow corral a virus. It's a war out there. I'm not talking about the rioting and civil unrest that so many of our communities are dealing with right now. It's a war out there. I'm not even talking about Wisconsin canceling this Saturday's football game. It's a war. A real war. It's a war that we are engaged in every day. The hymns that we've sung tonight, I don't know if you noticed, but at the very top of the page, it said, Church Militant. Church Militant. By my count, there are 15 hymns in this section for the Church Militant. It means the church fighting, the church at war, the church at war every day, not against flesh and blood, but against Satan, all of his minions, powers and principalities. It is a war, it is a real war, and it's a war, let's face it, we rarely think about. We rarely take serious. My friends, it's a war out there, and our celebration of Reformation Day teaches us not only about the war, but about the victory. Revelation 14 talks about an angel flying around with an eternal gospel to proclaim. We're at war, but our weapons are not tanks, anti-aircraft weaponry, radar, sophisticated germ warfare. No. Not a gun. Not a knife. Our weapon, God's weapon, 
for the church in this very real war is a word. It's a word. This is how God fights the war, and this is how God fights the war for us and through us. A divine messenger preaches an eternal gospel. This is our weapon in this war. Doesn't seem like much, does it? When Satan is shooting his arrows, his arrows of guilt and doubt and false doctrine at us continually, God teaches us that we fight back with words. Not any words. An eternal gospel to proclaim. The word gospel literally means good news. Any news can be a gospel. It got up to almost 50 degrees today. That's good news. That's a type of a gospel. The Huskers kept it close for about a quarter and a half. That's good news. That's a gospel. My friends, there is only one good news that is an eternal good news. Eternal, without beginning and without end. The only gospel that can be eternal is a gospel that comes from God who is eternal without beginning and without end. The one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit brings us a good news, a gospel, an eternal gospel. And this eternal gospel that goes forth is a word about the Word. The only good news that can save. The Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. God, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Word, the eternal Logos, becomes a human being, becomes a man, takes up residence inside the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He is born sinless to redeem, to save sinners like you and me. Jesus didn't sin, not ever, not once. Jesus fulfills the law that crushes us and binds us. Jesus goes to the cross and pays our debt, our penalty, full and free. Jesus rises from the dead, never to die again. He does this for you, for me, and for the entire world. This is the gospel. This is the eternal gospel. This is what gives you life. This is what sustains your life. This is our weapon 
in this very real war that we are engaged in. My friends, there are many voices that are clamoring for your attention. Voices that promise a good news. Maybe even an eternal good news. It's a lie. If it is not the eternal gospel from the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is the work of Satan and he is a liar. Think of the things that we cling to like an eternal good news. We cling to our stuff. We cling to our work. We cling to our appearance. Some of us work hard to stay young. We cling to our job, to our paycheck, to our portfolio, to our reputation, to our politics. All of these things that promise a type of life. All of these things that give the illusion of being there for us forever. And then we die or get sick or retire or wear out and what we thought was good news wasn't all that good after all. And it certainly wasn't eternal. My friends, it's interesting the specific message recorded for us in Revelation 14, verse 7. The angel says with a loud voice, Fear God. What are you afraid of? What do you put your fear, love, and trust in? Your stuff? Your money? Your house? Your job? Your mask? What do you fear, love, and trust in? God says, if it is not the one true God, you have a false God. Fear God. Believe in Him. Fear God is God's shorthand for faith. Fear God. And give Him the glory. Because the hour of his judgment has come. The hour of his judgment has come. The end is near. The end is near. Is that what we're supposed to proclaim? And scare everyone into believing the gospel? No. The hour of God's judgment for your sin has come. It's called Good Friday. When God poured out all of his wrath 
and anger and punishment for our sin, for our idolatry, for our false good newses. He poured it out, not on us, but on Jesus. Jesus takes the hit we deserve. Jesus, as we sang just moments ago, stands alone on the plain. And when the dust settles, there is only one who is standing. Jesus, who is dead, is now risen from the dead, never to die again. His death and his resurrection guarantees that your sins are forgiven. The eternal good news goes forth. And then the angel says, Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Seems like an odd place to have a reference for creation, doesn't it? For the last two weeks in catechism class, we have looked word by word through Genesis chapter 1, looking at God's gift of creation. He created everything in order. Because God hates chaos and anarchy and loves order. He created everything good, meaning holy and perfect. And when he sat back looking at all of his creation, he says, it is very good. My friends, you are a part of God's creation. He created Adam and Eve in his image. And then he said, subdue the earth and rule over it. All this I give to you to enjoy, to use, to nurture. My friends, God has created us. He's given us all that we are and all that we have. And because he has created us, he owns us. We are accountable to Him. We come into God's house and the first thing we do is we are reminded that even as His baptized children, we are poor, miserable sinners. We have abused His creation by our sin, which is daily and much. We have worshipped at the false altars of false gods time and time again. God, God would be justified in wiping us out or sending us to hell. But at that precise time, God sends an angel, a messenger, with a message, an eternal gospel to proclaim. Gospel which is good news for sinners like you and me. Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. 
Not by what you do, not by what you say, not by how much you pay or obey. Your sins are forgiven because of what Christ has done for you. His perfect life. His bloody death. His glorious resurrection and ascension. His deliverance poured out to you in the waters of holy baptism. Put in your mouth in bread and wine. Spoken into your ears. My friends, the reason the church exists is to proclaim the eternal gospel until Jesus returns in his power and might and glory. It is a war. It is a real war. Jesus lives. The victory is won. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our words in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.